come with me through the tunnel to sweet home Alabama as we go down south to a place where I had the honor to spend a year called my home, the state of Alabama. Huge state, five hours to go from one end to the next. A lot of talent within the state, obviously a football state, but basketball has got a great emergence uh, coming through in certain areas. And we're going to talk to my guests who've seen some of these players that can be found, um, whether it be in Mobile, Birmingham, Huntsville, Middle of Nowhere, uh, and, and some talent that can be really recruited. Um, my guests today include Ronnie Arrow, former head coach at South Alabama and uh, a very successful coach also at St. Jack Community College, now living in Mobile, Alabama as a skills trainer, something that is a new concept in the state of Alabama. Kervin Lang, uh, creator of Bama Mixtapes and Dirty South Juco uh, Recruiting, um, has been a really great advocate for all the kids in the state of Alabama, really putting them on the map and also uh, helps uh, run Alabama Fusion and LaFleur, uh, the story basketball program, uh, home of uh, the likes of DeMarcus Cousins. Ralston Turner, one of my former players that I got a chance to coach at NC State, now coaching in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. Uh, and he's got a great perspective of uh, being a player from a small town that was able to elevate himself into uh, the national spotlight and uh, be recruited to a Power 5 institution. And Greg Brown, the head coach at Huntsville Lee, uh, who's uh, had a lot of success in Huntsville, Alabama, and also has had a pair of sons come through very recently and go on to um, play basketball at the highest level. Now, if you want to play at the highest level, you should probably get yourself a Dr. Dish. If you're a coach listening to this, make sure you guys have a Dr. Dish. Follow Dr. Dish on Twitter, at Dr. Dish B-Ball, uh, to find out some great ways to utilize their machine, uh, have different uh, tips, drills, inspiration that you can use to make your guys better. Uh, and if you mention this ad from Rising Coaches, get an additional $300 off your device. They're also running some holiday sales right now if you go check them out online. And then lastly, they will offer you a trading credit to, regardless of brand of any shooting machine that you may turn in. Join me as we go down the road to beautiful Alabama and talk some hoops as we go through the tunnel. Thanks for coming with us through the tunnel down to sweet home Alabama. And we're going to talk about a, a very big state, a state with a lot of talent, um, a state that maybe from a basketball perspective doesn't get recruited nearly as much as it should. And we're going to talk about that and, and, and see if we can't fix that. Um, right off the bat, Coach Brown, I'm going to come to you. We're going to we're going to kind of work our way from north down south. Okay, you're up in the Again, it's about, what, five or six hours ago from, from the top to the bottom of the state. That'd be for, for the East Coast listeners. If I put Alabama starting in the bottom in D.C., we're going all the way up towards Rhode Island. I mean, it's a lot of space. Talk to us about the, the north half of the state up there in, in Huntsville. Well, you know, Huntsville, uh, it's, it's become a very talented area. Um, you know, we value basketball is very, very much valued here, man. I tell you, um, the kids, you know, uh, I'm starting to see a change the last five years. Uh, you know, the talent level has really gone up. And, uh, you know, the players here are usually uh, they're very if, if I talk about the makeup of them, I, I will probably say that they're they're usually a very team oriented, you know, for the most part, discipline. The coaches do a good job on the discipline side of things. And, uh, you know, um, the players are usually, um, the most part, very versatile. And uh, they kind of play with a, with a higher IQ than, than I remember from years ago. So, you know, the, it, things are really, things are really uh, shaping up here in Alabama. And this, this is the place to really get some players, so get some sleepers. Let me say that. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's, there's something, there's something for everybody. It's like, like walking into to Golden Corral. You can, you can get a little bit of everything. Um, no doubt. Oh, about yeah. that. Uh, Ralston, Mr. Mr. Swish, uh, shout out to Ralston Turner. Never met a three point shot. He didn't like, um, talk to us about muscle shoals and, and some of the other parts of, of, of your neck of the woods. So I get this question all the time. 
where is Muscle Shoals? Is it near a beach? <laughs> and uh, for you listeners out there that don't know, it, it's not near a beach at all. It's actually uh, it's in North Alabama. It's in the northwest corner. It's near Mississippi and it's near the Tennessee line. Uh, but to just piggyback off of what Coach Brown was saying, uh, our corner of the state, I feel like is more known for football. You know, like when you think of Huntsville, you know, especially since I've been growing up, um, that city, you know, they, they, they have played great basketball. Uh, they've had a lot of good players come in and out of there. The quality of basketball that comes out of North Alabama, a lot of it comes from Huntsville. Uh, so you get to my side, which is the Northwest corner. Uh, we were pretty much known for football. You know, that, that was that was the big thing. And I'm not saying it's still not the big thing, but uh, kind of like what he was saying is here recently, last four, five, six years of you kind of seen uh, our area get a little more into it. You know, you, you've seen uh, – you know, coaches upgrading. You've seen the style of play from the kids. You've seen them now. Uh, they're playing harder. We're playing better schedules. You know, that's all the you know all the schools in Northwest Alabama. Uh, so I think you should attribute that more to the level of interest from our kids. Uh, because again, when I was growing up, you know, it was like I like basketball, but not a lot of my peers did. Uh, but now you're starting to see some of these kids mix and mingle. Uh, more frequently with kids from other places, and they're they're starting to get that love for basketball. So you're starting to see now a uh, better quality of basketball being played in the northwest corner of Alabama. And I want to I want to spend a little bit of time talking about that point. We'll come back to that, uh, Coach Curvin. Talk to us. I know I know you lay your head down in in Mobile, but you're you're a, you're all around the state. You're all around the South, man, and and you got a great feel for. Um, Definitely Alabama. Talk to us a little bit about Montgomery, Birmingham. Uh, hell, we'll, we'll toss in Dothan in that that area too, man. We're going down towards the Panhandle. I'm giving you a lot of real estate to work with. Talk about the ballers there. Yeah, of course I am from Mobile, the poor city. Uh, but I'll let Ronnie speak more about that. Um, but you know, far in between, uh, from Birmingham to Montgomery, Mobile, everywhere else. Um, definitely a football area. Uh, and Birmingham seems like it's it's more of a mixture, you know what I mean? Uh, get some basketball guys, football guys, so they're kind of diverse when it comes to that. And and I like that about Birmingham. Uh, get down to Montgomery, definitely a really athletic city. Uh, some of the best athletes come from that Black Belt area as well. So everywhere in between uh, Montgomery, uh, Greenville area, um, Selma, all around that area, right there, really a lot of. You have a lot of athletic guys, uh, freakishly athletic guys uh, that play basketball, football, for instance, like Henry Ruggs and guys like that. He's playing for the Las Vegas, Las Vegas Raiders right now. Um, then you're always going to have some sleepers in you know, some of the smaller towns. And Dothan is like really under-recruited right now. Um, it's close to the Panhandle, which is a really good JUCO league. Uh, you know, I'm in the JUCO as well, cover the Panhandle area. So you got a lot of guys that kind of, you know, Fall, fall through the cracks in that area as well. So in between Mobile and uh, Montgomery, you have a lot of athletic guys. Uh, Birmingham, going to Huntsville, of course, things change as far as the skills level, the skill level. Uh, a lot more skilled guys from Birmingham on up, you know what I mean? And you have a few here, you know, in the south. So anywhere from Montgomery on down with skilled guys, they don't really have that much success because they're around a lot of football guys when it comes to basketball. So they kind of get shunned upon, uh, but for the most part, um, you can kind of see the way the tide sways uh, from Mobile all the way to Huntsville when it comes to basketball. Yeah, it's it's really it's really unique, and you know it's on full display when you go like to the North South All Star Game in the summertime, and you see yeah. the North Northern kids are space, you know, skill shooting, yeah. uh, and and the the kids from the South are ISO put back dunks, um, all that type of stuff. Ronnie, talk a little bit. And obviously you've had uh, a, a wide array of, of a viewpoint from being the, the head coach at South Alabama and uh, coaching all throughout the Gulf. Uh, talk about the kids down in, in Mobile and in Southern Alabama. Uh, what kind of players uh, are we expecting to find down there? Well, I tell you, I wish more coaches came through here. I've talked to some Division One coaches, and, and they say, well, we'll get in touch with you, Ryan. And I 
tell them, I need to get on down here. There's a whole lot of good players down here. Um, I really think that this year has got the most talent that's come out, and Kervin knows a lot better than this because he, he, he knows names and he knows faces all through the state. I really think this year you've got McGill, you've got Farrell, uh with those two. Uh, I think that have got probably two of the best players uh, in uh, Barry Dunning at McGill, and you got Riley at uh, uh, Riley Leonard over at Fairhope. I, I really think they have a chance this year. Uh, and Riley over there at Fairhope, I think they got a chance to to win the whole thing this year. They're um, they, they they've they've got just about every position uh, covered. I think point guard situation, but they go at it. And um, I think that Lafleur, uh, you know, Kervin knows more. They work real hard on their basketball. Uh, Spanish Ford has got some big kids now uh, that are ready to play. Uh, Williamson won the state championship this year, and if I'm not mistaken, I think they got everybody back. Uh, I think Theodore uh, Cottage Hill has got some players. They got the Thomas brothers that are going to be coming up. I think they're just sophomores. But there's a whole lot of talent <clears throat> in this town. Um, I wish that there was more kids like LaFleur or schools like LaFleur, uh, like some of the schools that don't wouldn't depend on football. You know, ones that I don't think I'll ever get used to. If you go around and ask the coaches right now, what do you think about your team? Or what? Is, or uh, how many good players? Is everybody well? Uh, how's this or that? Somewhere in five seconds, they're going to say, "We'll wait till our foot." We depend four to six of your players, uh, depending on them to have a good. having some uh, technical difficulties with uh, Coach Arrow's connection here. Um, but I want to I piggyback while, while he's getting reconnected. I want to piggyback on that. While, while I was down south in, in Alabama, uh, and Ronnie said this, not enough coaches come through to, to recruit that area. I went to a high school game as, as much as I could, almost every single night. And uh, I, I was the only coach ever in the gym. Every single night, I was the only guy in the gym. And there were talented kids. And I'm talking impact guys, guys that can maybe go play mid-major or better. And, I mean, we're talking, you know, professional-level athleticism. I mean, uh, there's talent. And it, and it just doesn't get tapped into. And then what happens, at least in my opinion, you guys tell me if I'm wrong, what happens is these kids get – you know, back to football, and then they're in the SEC or the Big 12. Um, you know, so football has really affected um, basketball recruiting, in my opinion. I want I want to ask you guys, uh, Kervin. I'll start with you, and then Coach Brown. You can you can take it from there. Let's let's talk a little bit about this. How has football affected basketball recruiting, and then the lack of coaches coming around and giving interest? Um, how has that played into it? It's crazy. Uh... Football has really affected basketball. Just say, for instance, you look at Coach Brown's son, Kobe. If he wasn't his dad, Kobe would probably be in the SEC not playing basketball. He'd probably be playing football. You know what I mean? Just look at his body. He and Caleb. So the size those guys have, they'll be they'll probably be millionaires as far as football. I'm not saying they want us at basketball, but they'll definitely be in somebody's football field. And we've had so many athletes, most of the guys that are in the NFL, that played basketball in the state of Alabama. I mean, football in the state of Alabama. That played basketball and they were successful. Um, I know Ralston knows a lot of guys. Uh, I'm best friends with the guy he played with. Nick Williams is one of my best friends. He played SEC basketball. Uh, he probably could have been a football player. You know what I mean? And so look at certain guys uh, like Reggie Todd. You know, Reggie Todd played for me. He was a top 100 kid in basketball at one point. He ended up going to the SEC play football. You know, came down to Alabama and Mississippi State. How could you sway a kid? You know. First cousin with Jamarcus Russell. You see all these guys going football. Uh, I know at one point in Mobile, we were uh, number one in the nation as far as pro athletes per capita. Most of them were football and baseball. Don't get me wrong. 
but for the most part, and then state of Alabama, as far as states, I know we were, it may have been like four, four or five years ago. So when you see, I think we got like 200,000 people between Mobile and Baldwin County, and we had like 20 pro athletes a few years ago. Most of them were football. So every 10,000 person, you'll be a um, you'll be a pro athlete. And then you got to think about it. Most of them are men, so you cut that in half. So that's five. You know what I mean? So what are your chances? Hey, I'm going to play football. I can make some money. So football has an advantage. Yeah. Kervin, on y'all's I'm listening. Kervin, on y'all's team at LaFleur, how many are y'all mm-hmm. dependent on to play for the basketball team? Uh dependent. Uh never okay. any dependent. Never any dependent. I mean, but they're all helpful. You know what I mean? Uh so we have a few guys that come out there, but as far as uh and I played at LaFleur as well. So when we played at LaFleur, we never waited on Back on football players, we were already started. But when football players came in, what's your city? They didn't really last long. They didn't last long at all because they were so far behind. <laughs> they just by Christmas time, they just said, hey, "The hell with." Excuse my language, but they, hey, <laughs> hey, this is over. You know what I mean? This is in the dog <laughs> show. Where you say whatever you want. Yeah, um, they'll they'll stay on the team just to try to get a ring. That was about it. But other than that, nah. I mean, they were never really depending on. I mean, this year we have. Two key guys that play football, but for the most part, never really depending on football guys. I mean, our football team isn't that great anyway, so they always end up. Well, losing the is, just to put it in perspective, like what's your where the Marcus Cousins went. Like the Floor's got a very, very proud basketball mm-hmm. history. Uh, mm-hmm. and so you guys are a little bit of an outlier, an exception to the rule, versus you know, you know, a lot of the other schools, and you guys start early. You know, your high school games are getting started early down there. So it's football season still going, and, and you get four, five, six new guys showing up all of a sudden that, that second, third time around. Uh, Coach Brown, how is it up north? Uh, Rawson touched on it a little bit. How is it up north in Huntsville? How does football affect uh, what you guys are doing? Well, he's right on point, man. I, t- I tell you, um, you know, the thing about here in Huntsville, football has gone down quite a bit. and um, you know, now these kids are two sport kids. And then a lot of times we don't know what we have on the basketball court until we get those guys from football in the gym. And uh, luckily, you know, the teams around here don't don't uh, go as far as they use, used to go. So we get those guys pretty early, man. But, you know, like he was mentioned about my son, Caleb, one of his first offers was football and he never touched the football field. But those guys saw his size and, you know, I guess skill set and felt like he would be good on the football field. And he got a division one offer just, you know, and he's never even touched the football field. I mean, but the football coaches are much more, the college coaches are much more aggressive recruiting this area than the basketball guys. And, you know, and that's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a shame that is with all the talent that we have, but, you know, I just think that, you know, here in um, Huntsville, basketball is becoming the superior sport now you know we we're getting more we're getting more fan support on that because our football has been down you know we have schools like bob jones and and uh, james clemens and you know every once in a while you got your Huntsville high or griffin but you know it's not like you know it's not like some of the some of like your hoovers and and, and those guys that bat football is just you know it's just dominant you know so i'm i'm uh, I'm, I'm noticing a change that, you know, we're starting to get in this in the Huntsville area. Anyway, we're starting to get a lot more, um, a lot more publicity for our basketball than than football. Now. Now, uh, Coach Arrow, I'm going to come to you with this question, because I know now you, you do a lot of skill training. Um, so uh, real quick, before I talk about training, just think about what Coach Brown just said. His son, who never touched the football before, had football scouts evaluating him and gave him a scholarship offer. But basketball coaches – and now your son's playing in the SEC for basketball. So if a basketball coach had done the type of due diligence that was being done by the football coaches, they would have had a really good steal really early. Okay, so – Really early on, they could have had one. And there's so many of those cases every single year. Now, 
in my opinion, I hope I don't – football guys ain't listening to this podcast anyway. But, you know, football is not as skilled as basketball. You have to have a lot more skill to play basketball. So you can just be an athlete and get noticed and be determined to or, – or predetermined, predestined, if you will, to be a success in football. But the shift is happening. Um, you know, th- there used to be – uh, and I don't even know if this rule really did get changed, but there was a rule, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Ronnie, you couldn't do skills training, uh, do, you know, without your high school coach. Was that, do I understand that correctly? And and how has the skills training changed, Ronnie? I've been, I've been doing this three going on four years now. And it just seemed that when I first started, once you played your game to your last game, you could not go, if you were in the ninth grade up, you could not go to a skill uh, trainer. You have to stay with your with your coach. Well, all of a sudden, a year after, they moved it down to seventh grade. Seventh graders in this state are not supposed to go to an outside force as from their first game to their last game. And uh, then, then they can, and then, you know, you can't have more than three on a team. But the bottom line is I see where, and I feel like a lot of the coaches are going to supplement. Uh, we're doing it. Uh, we probably, you know, we've had about seven to ten guys signed uh, levels and girls. Uh, don't forget, too, there's some really good girls down here in this area, too. But the bottom yeah. line, the bottom line is, is that, I come from Texas. They play a little football there too. And 15 to 20 years ago, uh, they started putting in outside sports. Of course, no teams came. And there was a sway where a lot of the kids were going to football, I mean, to basketball. So, there, you know, there's enough kids. But I think the main thing is, is uh, down here, the skill development is getting better. We've sent five kids if, if there's a kid that you think is really good, they need to go to John Lucas's camps in Houston. They'll have 350 kids there. Uh, they'll have uh, 100 from Houston, 75 from – find out real quick, real quick, how good you are. And with John, he don't play around. He'll cuss you out in a heartbeat. And when you get there, it's all business. And these kids down here need – know be good in their little groups and stuff but when they're down there reality hits and they see what kids are like all around the country now now Kervin and and Rawson I want you to to chime in on this as well you you've done a, a as good of a job as anyone in the country to to promote the kids in in your state um in a very selfless manner doesn't matter if they're one of your kids or somebody else's kids um You've you've helped push the bar along and get some guys discovered, but uh, why do you feel uh, the state is is still so under recruited based on the the stat that you gave, which is a, a it's a staggering stat the number of pros per capita with that type of population. Um, talk talk a little bit about that and, and kind of the trials and tribulations of. Per- promoting it. And then Ross, and I want you to just talk a little bit about your experiences of being a highly recruited athlete that, that played at two power fives and how you were able to make that happen from a smaller town. Um, honestly, when it comes to recruiting in the state, there are several factors. I just don't really think uh, we're respected when it comes to basketball. And it's more so because the talent from top to bottom may not be there. You know what I mean? And then we're a late developing state. So uh, every year you're going to have a kid that comes out of the woodworks. Let's look at Jalen Moore, for instance. He just signed with Georgia Tech. Nobody knew who Jalen Moore was statewide or nationally. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now this kid's going to the ACC. So a lot of kids develop late. We look at Ralston. I follow high school basketball since I was in high school. So I was on it. When Ralston was in high school, and he was like a five-star as a freshman. You know what I mean? And so – he was a kid who came out early. You know what I mean? Like everybody knew who he was early. You know what I mean? Uh, I think I can't remember exactly where he was at, but he put on a shooting clinic at some AAU tournament. I remember reading about it on Rivals. Kid like six, seven threes, 
six six. Everybody's talking about. You know what I mean? And so um, here, if you don't, if you're not in the spotlight early, they don't believe in you. You know what I mean? Like trending Kyra uh, and Coach Brown just really did a good job with his son. He he did a really good job with Kobe. You know what I mean? He did that. And so then um, boom, I think he probably had the most offers out of any of those kids in that class. And so um, I just don't think a lot of people actually respect this this area when it comes to talent as far as from top to bottom. Then you have other coaches who want to leave it as uh, a pipeline as far as a hidden gem type state. They don't want a lot of people to know about it. And I remember, um, of course, the kid DeAnthony uh, Gordon played for me. I remember, of course, you know, I coached the Alabama Challenge and the Alabama Fusion. We didn't get a 17-year-old, 17 under contract, so sent him down to play with Nike Team Florida with Vernon Carey and Scotty Barnes. And so um, played with those guys, and I'm not going to say his name. He's a national writer. And so he was like, I'm keeping, I'll am keeping. i be honest with you, he was like, man, whenever we want to move another kid up in the rankings, the national rankings, we're just moving Alabama kid down or Mississippi kid down. Like without even saying, without, he said, we're just going to move those guys down. I'm just going to keep it real with you. We're just going to move them down. Like, and I'll be honest with you, uh, I hate to say names, but uh, when Justin Young was working with rivals, he was very thorough about what he did uh, when he was there. He and Jerry Meyer were very thorough. And Justin would, Justin and Jerry, they were pretty much cover every state tournament in the nation. I don't know how they did it, but they had somebody there and they would cover it. You can probably look up old articles, and I guarantee you, you'll find articles where they've covered the state tournament like the early to mid 2000s. And they saw Eric Blesso, they helped put him on the map. Like nobody was talking about Eric after nationals. That's the biggest thing. After travel ball, I, I, Alabama is over with. Like nobody talks about Alabama nationally after travel ball. Curvin, we played we played against Birmingham Ice. He was playing Birmingham Ice for a tournament at the Bob Gibbons. This was when I had my triple threat team. They got yep. six guys. We rolled out there like, oh man, we're gonna take care of these dudes. Wow, we didn't know that other dude was Demarcus Cousins. We had, we didn't know who that guy was. He dropping off, or and I think they had maybe even Derek Favors was playing with these guys. Like they had dudes that we didn't know who they were, but they were damn good. And yep. they took, they took for six guys. We had thirteen, and yep. so we wore them out. But woo, we were like, man, who are these dudes? And so you you see a lot of guys that make you say, ooh. Rawson, you were one of those guys. You made us say, ooh, and we wanted to recruit you. Um, so to give a little glimpse of, of your story, because like Kervin said, sometimes it's it's a marketing plan. And Kervin has done a great job of helping market a lot of the kids. Coach Brown marketed a lot of his kids. Um, give a little glimpse about your story that maybe an Alabama baller can listen to uh, when they're listening to this to, to get some, some motivation for what they need to do. Yeah, uh, so I think all the things that we've said up to this point are very, very relevant. Uh, and I'll, I'll just tell you, you know, a little bit about my perspective. But when I was growing up, uh, again, you know, my side of the state, you know, it's not a basketball corner of the state. So, you know, I'm sure Greg knows this and and, and Coach Lane, you know this, too, because, you you know, at LaFleur, you've got guys that hoop. When you're in Huntsville or you're at LaFleur, you and your friends hoop. You know what I'm saying? Like. I was the only hooper. So a lot of the people around me, we didn't have anything in common. Uh, so I think there's something to that, uh, to when you like, you know, what are your friends doing? What are you, what are y'all doing today? We're about to go to the gym and hoop. No, my friends were going to the weight room. They were going to lift weights. They were going to throw baseballs. I was, I was like an outcast. Uh, but uh, kind of Coach Lane's point, you know, it really helped me, you know, as I got on the map early. Uh, maybe what you were talking about, Coach, uh, when I was 15, uh, I came up to 17 and under. Uh, we were playing at the Peace Jam against uh, the Georgia Stars. And I I got in the game and hit like six or seven threes, like boom, boom, boom. And my profile just went through the roof after that. Uh, you know, they're like, who is this kid? Uh, so that helped me. But it also helped me that I, okay, so when I was 10 years old, um, I started playing AAU basketball in Huntsville. You know, my parents thought that I should be around people that we have more of the same interest, you know, people that want to play basketball. So um, I started playing in Huntsville. So my whole entire life outside of playing at Muscle Shoals, I played in Huntsville. I played in Birmingham. I played with the kids that wanted to play basketball. And I think that helped me, too. Uh, so when it came to college coaches recruiting me and getting this exposure, 
Um, my parents did a great job of planting me in the places where those eyes could be on me. So I think the biggest advice that I would give for, for kids growing up in this age is, or even parents that are listening to this, you know, make sure you put your kid in a position to be seen. Because if you, as you guys have mentioned already, uh, this state has a certain stigma. And I mean, you can't really knock them because you, you turn on the TV every Saturday and, you know, the Crimson Tide are blowing somebody out. You know, this 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 area is just not thought of as a basketball hoop state. Uh, but there's hidden gems here and there's guys here that can play. Uh, and you need to make sure that you might have to go the extra mile uh, to put your kid in a position to be seen by someone versus somebody that may be in from D.C. or somewhere else where there are more kids that play basketball. Great advice. Um, Coach Brown, did you have something to add to that? Well, you know, honestly, one of my experiences with my son was, um, you know, this ranking thing sometimes is good, but it has a lot of bad sides to it, too, because, you know, my son had to decide which player he wanted to be. You know, um, a lot of the teams he played for AAU wise would tell him, hey, look, you know, I know you're ranked, but if, if you you got to put up about 15 more shots a game, you know, in order to do this. You know, but it was taken away from who he was playing the game the right way. And oftentimes, you know, I think kids that are just as talented as the guys that put up the numbers, you know, uh, are, are overlooked because, you know, you get on these teams. And if you go on if you go on these AAU teams and your name is larger than someone else, hey, you got the majority of the shots and the kids that's trying to play the game the right way, they're often punished for it because they don't get that kind of ink from the writers. And, you know, and then writers will say, hey, well, you know, um, Rankins coaches will sometimes say to me, well, coach, you know, Rankins don't mean anything to us. A kid, you know, your son can play. That's all that matters to us. I'm, yeah, but that's not always true because, you know, and I know at the end of this thing, a lot of times the colleges are ranked as to who has the highest recruiting class. So it, it is true. They want the four stars and the five stars. And if those guys are shooting 30 shots a game and you got another kid out there that may be equally as talented, but playing the game the right way, you know, it just kind of takes away. That's why when people say they see AAU ball, a lot of times it's bad basketball, you know, because, you know, even the coaches give in to who those players are supposed to be. And, you know, they're not making those guys play the game the right way. And, and it hurts a lot of kids. Sometimes they sometimes end up overlooked. I think there's a lot of players overlooked. I want to talk a little bit about that. I also want to just quickly kind of bring this thought. You know, I, I flew down to Mobile, and when I'm coming down there to, to, to take the job at South Alabama, I'm looking for a flight. And I'm like, oh, there's no direct flights. It's not easy to, to fly from out of town into most of the places in Alabama unless you're going to Birmingham. And like we said at the beginning, it's five hours from, from top to bottom, maybe more. Um, there ain't no traffic. That's the nice thing about, about being down south. You can get there in five true hours, but it's a little bit tougher. Now, Coach Arrow, you, you were a, a, a tremendous junior college coach prior to being a, a head coach uh, on the Division One level. What advice would you give? Because we just outlined how there's a lot of talent that is getting overlooked. If I'm a junior college coach, D2, NAIA, D3, I should be salivating in the mouth. What and I'm not flying on no flights anyway. I'm getting in a car and, and coming down. If if I'm one of those guys, so what advice would you give to coaches of those levels that want to get inroads into this state and you know create a championship level program? Coach Arrow, you hear us? Kerbal. He's a little delayed. Like yeah, it's been a little Yeah, he, he went <laughs> in and out. Uh, you know, he went in and out. I, you know, I, I wish I, I've, this ought to be junior college, uh, uh, Division Three, Division Two, a gold mine. Uh, I've called some junior college coaches in Missouri. They actually took a couple of the players. Uh, they're actually one from uh, Moberly. I've called around in Texas for some kids. Uh, as junior college. Uh, I really think there are 
would be, I wish that there was more of these kids staying together in uh, the South. Instead of one or two going to this AAU team and one or two going, I think it gets watered down. You put, you put seven to nine of these kids, you put uh, Barry and uh, Riley and Jordan Bell and some of these kids together. And then all of a sudden, when these coaches are seeing these kids, they're seeing Mobile area, not just one, not just two, but you're seeing a house. We could put together a powerhouse down here, but there's too uh, whatever you want to call it. There's too much two over here and two over there and one over here down. And then coaches wind up not coming in here. The other thing is at one time they had a tournament down here that attracted Chris Jackson, uh, some of the top players uh, in the country. I think that there should be a tournament. We were, when we were putting together that association, we were going to put together a tournament where it would be Georgia close, uh, Miss Florida close, have three or four, or even three or four from up north and three or four down here, where coaches could come in and see prime talent, not just one or two, prime talent from a Mississippi or from a Florida to go along with the talent. And then they get used to coming in and seeing these kids. But I just think, you know, I, I get my kids coming all the time. Their parents, who should we play for AAU? Who should it be? I, I don't get into that. You know, I just tell them, find an AAU team that you can play. It doesn't matter if they get shoes. It doesn't matter if they look pretty. It doesn't matter. But if you're not playing and you're just traveling, it ain't. it's not helping you. You've got to find a travel team that you can go and play for and fit in that group. But I, I really think that we're missing it down here where we don't put together the top eight, nine, 10 kids in Mobile and area. And I guarantee you there'd be some coaches coming in here then. There's no doubt. And I can attest. I mean, I, I remember watching Barry Dunning as a freshman and I come back to the, to the office the next day and I say, guys, this kid, he's a top hundred. Then I go see him again. Like, oh, he might be a top, 50 they're like man whatever no he's you know you're exaggerating and then you know they all go see him with me and they're like oh no he's actually a top 20 like he's unbelievable um and now that's what he is because he got to a national event i was actually at the game when when he was playing with you guys curving 15 and under in atlanta at lake point he all of a sudden has 25 30 points i'm looking at your coat like man sub him out man the whole world's gonna find out um, give me some other thoughts on 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 this subject, uh, Greg Curvin. What are, what are you guys' opinions on on these lower level schools to, to to make inroads? Greg, you go first. Well, you know, I think if I were if I was a recruiter of one of those schools, I would first of all, I mean, it's about networking, man. And you know, you guys have they have to they have to really hit the hit the schools early. Uh, I'm not sure anymore if their rules are what Division One rules are as far as, you know, being on campuses and stuff like that. But, you know, the hard part about that is, you know, sometimes even those schools, you know, don't really want to come and tell it here of a, a big name kid. But, you know, I would I would be finding out, you know, you go to Mobile, you go to Birmingham and Huntsville and Dalton and places like that. You know, it's easy to find out, okay, if you find out who the top schools are in those areas, go visit those schools. And I guarantee you, they can tell you who's at the other smaller schools down the street. And, you know, and the next thing you know, you, you start networking and you're, you got to jump on a lot of these colleges that, you know, don't really come out until they hear about, you know, a, a spectacular kid in one of the schools. But, you know, I think I would do my work early if I was those guys. And I guarantee you, they would get a whole lot of players from here. Absolutely. I, I went to uh, I took a ride up to Barber County uh, when I was in S South Alabama. My GPS told me to take a left in, into a dirt field. I was I was lost. I was scared. And I saw a young man who I'm just I believe it. If Willie Screws was in, in Washington, D.C., he'd be a he'd be considered a high major kid. He's an unbelievable mm -hmm. athlete. And uh, I'm not sure if he even got a, a a JUCO. I'm not sure where Willie is nowadays. Is he at Shelton a JUCO? Yeah, he's at Sheldon State right now. Good, and that's a and that's one of the best JUCO programs in the country. And that's why he does such a good job there. And and they're building something. 
Uh, Kervin, anything else to add about smaller schools or, or what frustrates you as someone who has access to a lot of great players with Alabama Fusion, access to a lot of great content with, with your Bama mixtapes and everything you do? Um, what, what is something that frustrates you as a, as a high school coach um, with how college coaches recruit so that those listening don't do this when you come to Alabama? Uh, honestly, okay, I'm 32 now. I've been doing this since I was – I played Juco ball, collapsed on the court, couldn't play anymore. So I've been doing it since I was 20, 21. So it's been over 10 years now. I don't even get frustrated anymore, you know what I mean, um, because I see the different options that the kids have now. As far as the lower-level schools, I started the Dirty South Juco uh, service for a reason, you know what I mean, and that was to really help this area as well. So I don't put as much high school content out publicly as I used to. Uh, it's more so just for the coaches. but. Um, I don't get frustrated anymore because I see so many kids go to the junior college level now and become successful. And I think that's a good route as well. Like, let's say, for instance, Brandon Mayhem from Birmingham. He went to Chipola. Now he's at UCF. You know what I mean? He's a top five Juco player in the nation. You got Shamarcus Kennedy from Tuscaloosa. He went to Chipola as well. Then he went to McNeese State. Now he's overseas making 400000 a year. You know what I mean? So, you know what I mean? So I look at guys like that. And I, that's why I don't get frustrated anymore. Uh, what's the kid's name from uh, Cleveland, Alabama? Uh, I was playing with the Lakers G League team. I can't remember his name. He came out like 2014. He went to Lincoln Memorial. He went D2. So I don't get as frustrated anymore because I see the options that the kids have and the fact that we're a late-blooming state. Sometimes those kids need to go JUCO, you know what I mean, and develop a little more. Or, you know, some, some of those guys be D2 steals, you know what I mean, for the most part. But as far as the smaller schools, um, I don't think they do a bad job. I, I really don't because um, I get a lot of calls from the smaller schools. They just don't have the budget to get out as much as, you know, people do. But I have junior college coaches that hit the road. I've had some of them stay at my house, come eat at my home. You know what I mean? And so as far as junior college coaches, I have a lot of contacts with those guys. And they've really done a good job throughout the nation. I won't just say the Southeast, but throughout the nation. They've done a good job of recruiting Alabama as far as junior college. They, they call all the time. Uh, D2, those guys do a good job. NAI as well. They just don't have the budget. Division one just a little different. So I don't get frustrated anymore because I feel like guys can go to a level and still be successful. You know what I mean? And so um, – That's yeah. that's great perspective, Kervin. Late late developing state, nothing wrong with going JUCO. You're still getting an education. You're still competing at a high level. And it's not necessarily where you start or where you are in the middle. It's where you finish. Um, and all those kids that you just mentioned are impact kids. I don't care what level you're at. And you mentioned one at a D2, one at a mid-major, one at a high major. And I'm quite certain no matter what level the listener falls on as the college coach, you could have recruited and had a chance at that guy. Um, and so that's probably the deal. So the JUCO coaches, you guys, loud and clear, get to Alabama. You're going you're gonna to find you one, and, and it's going to be something that's going to pay off. In the long run, like Coach Brown said, develop the relationships with the coaches in this state because um, they want to see these kids do well, and uh, there's not thoughts of grandeur. Uh, they 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 just want to see an education, whatever they they end up picking. Um, all right, guys, we're coming towards the end of the episode. We are now into the fast break segment. We're we're gonna be going rapid fire. Gonna ask you guys some questions. Can't repeat the answer someone else asks. Coach Arrow, since you've got the long lag, we're gonna go to you first. <laughs> We're, we're recording this on draft night, by the way. So this will be coming out much later. I do have a long lag. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm messing up the lag, right? Coach Arrow, what, who's the next guy from the state of Alabama to get their name called on draft night? Who's going to be that next guy? Probably Barry Dunning. Uh, in this area, I'm going to go with a local guy. Uh, he's being looked at by Alabama and Auburn. He's getting better and better every day. Great kid, uh, well-mannered and uh, athlete. He needs a he, – he gets to bet uh, three. He's going to be unbelievable. Rawson, what do you think? I'm going to go with uh, Trenton Watford. Very good name. Go Tigers. Coach Brown. Ah, uh, well, <laughs> uh, 
Good Lord willing, it's your boys. <laughs> but I took that well, in. Yeah. You can't that use it. Be, you know the name. It will be nice, but you know you have to give respect to uh, Kyron Lewis because I know him. I know him personally. I, I know what type of kid he is. I know his character. You know, and it just so happens, I'm sorry, but he, you know, he is on that draft tonight. He's in that draft tonight. He is. He is a handful, man. His speed is, is is different than than most that I've seen here. You know, we got we can always mention a lot of kids like Trendon and Cole, Kyra, John Petty, those guys. But you know, this this Kyra kid, he's he was different. You know, and, and when you come to look at talented guards. By yeah, the time we were talking about past guys, or yeah, well, guys. you know, you know, he, there's always flexibility. I'm a flexible guy in my in my game show here. Coach Kervin, who you got? I would pick Kyra because he's probably gonna go top 15. So I have to go with uh, JD Davidson. Special yeah, yeah. talent right there, man. That 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 young fella is is something else. Um, all right, Kervin, I'm gonna stay with you. Uh, name a name a coach that does a great job with their their high school or AAU program uh, around the state. Give a shout out to somebody who does a really good job. Coach Greg Brown. <laughs> yeah. Man, politician. I'm coming back to you. Thank You're going to have to another day. Coach, I, want, I want some name recognition for some other guys. Coach Brown, who you got? I have a, a, a legend here. Uh, uh, Coach Ronnie Stapler over at Westminster. He, he's the he's 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 a good guy. He he does a great job with the talent that he has, and he has a special player over there now. We may be talking about on draft night on the Chase McCarty, uh, six six wing freshman kid, and he's averaging double doubles now. So that's gonna be he's going he's got some players over there, but he does a good job. Say the kid's name one more time. I got my pen and paper. I'm writing it down. <laughs> What's the man's young man's uh, name? Chase McCarty. His, uh, his dad actually played for, I think it was the Denver Nuggets back with Antonio McDyess, and I think he retired retired Ooh. over in Georgia, you know, I, playing. And uh, he's he's a trainer here in, in Huntsville, actually the best we have. So my son actually went with him for about three or four years. Well, actually six years. Both of them are, have been with him for six years now, but the guy does a great job. He teaches it the right way. I bet you by the time we post this episode – uh, that young man gets at least 15 to 20 new Twitter followers. Hey, man, he's already got like three or four potential offers from ACC, seem like, so it's going to be good. Okay, well, there you go. Ralston? I'm going to go with Neil Barker at Muscle Shows. Uh, I feel like, you know, quiet guy, uh, doesn't raise a lot of noise, uh, but he teaches the game the right way. He's very smart, um, very good with the X's and O's. Um, I'm, I'm going to give him some love. As you should. As you should. Coach Arrow, name a coach that does a good job in the state. Uh, I'm going to – yeah, I'm a couple down here. If I can coach uh, at McGill, sure. Coach Murphy, and uh, coach at uh, Fairhope. Uh, he has done, he has done a, a great job those – uh, as putting it together, he's young. He's 24 years old, and uh, I think 25. He might have had a birthday, but uh, he's got a chance again to win that state championship. And Murphy every year has a good uh, bunch. So, uh, Coach Pope over at Lafleur, uh, you know, again, to have good players is one thing. To discipline them to win and win consistently, then you have a program and you don't just have a team. No doubt, no doubt. Coach Arrow, I'm going to stick with you. We're going back around. Connecticut sausage or some, some Alabama barbecue? What, what are you picking if you get, get one, one protein? No, 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 no. Is that me? Yeah, you, we're, 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 I know you got the lag, so we're staying with you. You, you get – you get connected sausage or you get barbecue? Barbecue. Ralston? Barbecue for Ronnie Arrow. Ralston, barbecue. what are you doing? And uh, I, I would go. Yeah. Ralston, what you got? Barbecue. 
All day. Kirvin? Uh, Connecticut. I'm the closest to Connecticut County. Connecticut. <laughs> Coach Brown? I'm sorry. I got to go barbecue. <laughs> Listen, I, I, for those listening, if you've never had a Connecticut sausage, do yourself a favor. Go online. Order it. Okay? I've done that ever since I moved back. I've gotten a couple orders. It's, it's as good as it gets. It's as good as it gets. Um, last question. If, you, if, if you're picking a song to represent the state, I know I know our musical choices may be all over the map. Sweet Home Alabama or Midnight in Montgomery or another song. What is what's a, a song that we can hang our hat on for Alabama? Kirby, I'll start with you. <laughs> give give some nothing. Oh man, I don't know. That's a tough one. <laughs> Man, dodging my tough questions. Rawson, what do you think? You know, in my lifetime, uh, my basketball lifetime, I've gone around and I'll tell people that I'm (laughs) from Alabama. (laughs) And the first thing they'll say to me is, oh, sweet home Alabama. So I'm going to go with sweet home Alabama. (laughs) Coach Brown? Hey, I got to go with sweet home Alabama. And believe it or not, I actually know the words to that (laughs) (laughs) Coach Arrow, if your lag ain't too long, I'll let you get the last call. Sweet, sweet home, Alabama. Sweet home, Alabama. Hey, we're going to take it home. Sweet home, Alabama. Alabama was really good to me when I was down there. I hope coaches that are listening invest some time, pick up the phone, and call some of these coaches. If you want to get connected with any of them, tweet us. I'll be more than happy to put you in touch. Um, There is a vast array of talent all over the state of Alabama that is going unnoticed unrecruited, and I don't care what level you're at, you're going to be able to find yourself an impact player that's loyal, that's humble, and hardworking, uh, just like most of the folks in Alabama. Uh, Thank you, gentlemen, so much for coming with us through the tunnel. We are out of here. Thank you.